You have landed yourself on the Daily G podcast. If you are ready to get out of the darkness, reconnect with the light, familiarize yourself with how it feels to laugh, smile, and enjoy being around yourself and your kids, then stick around, Mama. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good week to you. It is Monday, if you are listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. So happy beginning of your week. Um, I'm trying a new setup, and I have a new mic, and I'm feeling jazzed. So welcome. I am excited to share with you what... um, what we're going to talk about today, I'm going to talk about my journey through something that I think can have a lot of shame and guilt and stigma around it. And that is medication. It's medication for postpartum, whatever <clears throat> on the spectrum of postpartum that you are. So whatever is happening for you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to speak. This is my journey, my experience. Um the things that I thought, the things that I felt, and the reasons why I chose that this was the best um, course of action for me. And it's not for everybody. And I'm not speaking to those people. I'm speaking to the mamas who maybe have that kind of nagging. I don't say nagging, but like a whisper, the gentle nudge, the like, it's coming into your mind a little bit more of like, oh, medication. I can do it. I can do it. Oh, medication. I can do it. I can do it. For myself, that little whisper was my higher self, my, the version of me that was thinking a little bit more straight and was kind of separated from what was going on. And I think we all have that person, whether it's, you can call it your angels, you can call it your guides, you can call it your inner gut knowing. We all have that voice and that voice was really trying to get my attention. So if you find that you're having that voice and that can show up in different ways for everybody, maybe it's not a voice, maybe it's a feeling, maybe it's a tingle, maybe it's just like a whatever. Everyone has that voice. So I encourage if you do have that voice or that thing whispering to you, lean into it and just kind of um, unpack it a little bit. So just diving right in, I was diagnosed with postpartum with my first child. I'm diagnosed, yes, with my first child. And then, <clears throat> pardon me, drink of water, break. Um, I went on medication for my first child as well. I didn't, I can't really tell you that it helped or not. I was in it. Um, I eventually went off of it, probably two years postpartum. And then um, everything was fine. (laughs) And, but I still had these, so I am by nature a very fiery individual. I come with a lot of passion. I feel a lot of feels deeply to my core. I can, so me in out of balance is very much of a rage machine. Um, that's me out of balance. And rage, it was just, 
with my first, it was, I would say more depression. Um, really didn't want to leave the home, was terrified of getting in the car. Um, so there was some anxiety there as well. Number two came around. Um, that one was different. And this is the thing. Postpartum can look so different for each individual person. Um, for me, with my first to my second, it was different. My second, all the fire, all the rage and anger. <laughs> and with anxiety and a false sense of control was in there. And it was just... My family was walking on eggshells. Um, they had, I could see anxiety and like reactions from my own family. And I knew that I was, I'm not saying I'm the sole cause of it, but I, I would be lying if I didn't say that I was primarily <laughs> the cause. And that's, that's the, the thing that like, we've gone through all of this stuff as women, we've birthed our children. And now we're trying to like navigate this whole new world. And like, it's not shocking that we're kind of just, some of us really challenge, really struggle. Um, a lot of us just breathe through it. And a lot of us think we're breathing through it, but we're not. Um, but we get thrown into this whole new world. This matriescence, I think it's called. This transition from a woman to a mother. So it's not just hormonal stuff happening, but you have your mind stuff. And it's crazy. It can be really crazy. You can feel very much like you're not even in control of your own body. Like it's very existential. Like you're looking down on yourself. It can be like that. That's a lot of what I experienced was like, why am I losing my shit right now? Why am I screaming? Why am I throwing a 40-year-old temper tantrum? This isn't me. And monkey see, monkey do. So my kids were acting out. And then that just perpetuated this, like, cycle. And so I remember it was in December. Lots of snow was on the ground. And this particular day was not really any different from any other day. I was on a warpath. Um, we just moved, bought our own home. Like there was other factors involved for sure. Um, and that's the thing is postpartum for me, it's like the life after having the children while still trying to also live your life. Like, hey, do this, and then we're going to add children into it. Like, we do that. We choose to have children and share our love and expand our family. Um, anyway, I digress. I'm going to go on a whole other rampage. But So it was snowing. <laughs> it was snowing outside. It was December. It was snowing. I want to say December 16th. It sticks in my mind. It was right before Christmas. I think I threw a toy down the stairs. I lost it. And it was in that moment that that little voice 
was no longer whispering, and it literally felt like someone punched me in my chest. It was like, Woof. I went to my bedroom. I sat on my bed. I sobbed because my children are seeing me do this. Right? It's not even the temper tantrums that bother me. It's the fact that my kids are seeing me. Like, I don't ha I didn't have, I was drowning. It was dark. I was drowning and I was flapping my arms, trying to stay above water. That's what all of that is. It's just like this cry for help. I shouldn't say that's all it is. It's big. I was floundering. So I threw this thing. I ran to my room, had the feeling, oof. And then I was like, I need to go on medication. I, I actually remember thinking, this is not me. This is not how I want it to be. There has to be something better. I literally remember thinking, this can't be it. There's something better. I just can't reach it. I'm drowning. I can't reach it. I need something. I need a fucking life preserver. And I called my doctor. And usually... It's like a two-week, a two-week, a two-week um, period. Like, a, you know, she's usually booked up. Um, she had a cancellation that day, like, in the next hour. And I went down there, and I explained to her, I was like, I can't do this. I need, I need to go on medication. I just straight up told her. I was like, I need to go on medication. She was amazing. We weaned into it, <clears throat> and um, I literally, this was different than my daughter. It was the same medication, 100% different vibe in, than with my daughter. Um, I started feeling better. They say like four weeks, sometimes a couple months before you really start to feel better on SSRIs. It was a week. I remember waking up in the morning and just being like, things are different. Things are different. My body was in such a place of complete dysregulation and drowning that like even a week, I felt a difference. I felt like I was coming back home to my body. And that's what it was for me. It was a life preserver that allowed me to catch my breath. And it has allowed me to formulate and, um, formula it's kind of a weird word to say <clears throat> it's allowed me to reach for other things tools breath work meditation journaling exercise hiring a coach all of these things were completely out of my reach before or at least it felt like it was in which case makes it true right if we think it it's true Pardon me. <clears throat> um, I'm just looking at my notes because I don't want to forget anything. When I first started the medication, the next thing that I um, was able to reach for and that I did reach for that I knew was going to help me was daily movement. I knew that I needed to sweat like just sweat. I felt so good after sweating. I knew this about myself. 
I also knew that I was not in a place to get in the car and go to the gym and think about what kind of reps I'm going to do and what body movements and how many weights and da 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 It had to literally require no thinking in order for me to do it. No thinking. I was like, well, I can't, like, I'm not in a, we just bought a house. I'm not in a place to afford <clears throat> a machine because that's what I was like thinking. I'm like, I need a machine because everything else, body weights, all those things, at home workouts require you to think about your reps and to have a timer. And <clears throat> so, my shed is not soundproof. So, you will hear cars and trucks. <laughs> Um, I looked on Facebook Marketplace and literally I typed in, I knew that elliptical was easy on your joints and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something that was easy on my joints because, you know, my knees can be kind of tweaky. You know, everyone's got their weird things. I didn't want to be pounding on my joints. So I looked up elliptical and there was someone that had just posted something within I don't know, it tells you how long they posted it. It was that day at some, like, not that long ago. Um, pretty much brand new. They just wanted to clear out space from their gym, and it was free. So I called them. I said, I'm interested. Called my dad. I'm using your truck. Him and my guy went and got it, and that's how I started moving every day. And I started with 10 minutes at the easiest tension, and I wanted to die. I, my body was like, I'm sorry, what are we doing? You, you want us to do what? I was at my heaviest. I did not regularly move my body up until this point. Like I had spin like little pockets of doing it. Um, but like cardio, my body was like, um, so 10 minutes, easiest tension. I did that for the longest time I wanted to die, but I did it until it, and I, I would do 15 minutes or 12 minutes on the easiest tension. And then I started to play around with tension and I now really, I can do half an hour with some really good tension, but that's the whole point is like building on itself, right? Like I slowly built on it and that's what medication was for me. It slowly allowed me to build up my get like get better at taking care of myself because it just wasn't happening and it needed to happen and my body screamed at me so this and now we're here and now I know that it is my purpose my calling because I didn't do anything special so I, I just want to say that like I really feel I know that I can share this story and I'm going to share what I have, what I went through, what I did. And I know that it can help other moms. And for that reason, that's one of the bigger reasons I started this podcast was because I wanted to connect and reach other moms and say, look, I know you're in the dark sludge right now, but this doesn't have to be forever. You can choose to step into the light and I'm here to hold your hand to step you into that light because I've done it and I know you can do it. And so I kind of want to leave it there. I just really wanted to share my story and my experience through it and then um, in hopes to either 
I don't know, in hopes to help you, someone. I know there's someone in your life that you think of that maybe could hear this, or we all know somebody. There's somebody out there who needs to hear this and to know that they're not alone and to know that they're not crazy and to know that taking medication is 100% your choice and totally okay. I live a very holistic lifestyle. I live a very clean, um, non-toxic, no chemicals in the house kind of lifestyle. I'm a little granola, a little crunchy, and I love that about me. And I also have a toe in the other side in the Western medical um, world because I know that both sides serve me. It's not one or the other for me. And I really, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but I encourage you to not live in one world. Because both worlds, you can use them together. Um, and you owe it to yourself to feel better. Prioritize yourself. What was one, another thing that really impacted me was thinking about, how are my kids going to remember me? Their, their early years of like flinching when I, when I, when they do something wrong, quote unquote wrong, or when they mess up or they have an accident and they flinch. Like my kids deserve the best version of me. And in order for me to give them that, I need to prioritize myself. And so I see you. I see you, mama. And I want you to know that prioritizing yourself, whether that's taking medication or whatever that looks like for you, needs to be a non-negotiable. Our kids deserve it. Our spouses deserve it. And we deserve it, obviously. But if it's doing it for yourself is hard, do it for your kids. And then eventually you'll start to realize it feels good to do it for you. Okay. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Daily G's. I hope you got something from today's episode. If you did, I'd love to hear about it. Comment below, share with your friends. And until next time, be good to yourself.